We got one little verse that's hanging around from Galatians chapter 3. And we'll finish that off and then we will head on over into Galatians chapter 4. We've been hitting it hard the last couple weeks talking about the freedom that we have from the law. That's the point that, that, that Paul has been making up to this point to the people of Galatia. And now he's kind of going to shift gears and kind of, he's still hitting on that point, but he's kind of changing uh, direction a little bit with his illustrations that he's going to be using over the next uh, few verses that we're going to look at over the next few weeks. But we're going to finish off chapter 3 tonight and we're going to hit the first seven verses of chapter 4. So we'll pray and then we'll, we'll jump in. God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you for this good word, and I pray that you'd help us to get something out of it. Dear Lord, I pray that you would speak tonight through me, that the Holy Spirit would just lead in God, that, that your word would, would be good for us, dear Lord, that we wouldn't just read it and see words on a page, but that we would read it and know that it is, it is you, dear Lord, that's speaking to us, and your word should have an impact on us. And God, so help us just to, to soak it in tonight, to hear what your word says, and just kind of think about it. Dear Lord, maybe there will be a point in time in our life this week or in the future that there will be something we read tonight uh, that you'll call call to our attention that we need to hear, dear Lord. So let's let the Holy Spirit just help us to hear everything and just tuck it away in our heart, God, and not forget what your word says. And I pray that you just would be glorified tonight through the, through the reading of your word. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Amen. Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. All right? Now, that's important. We, we, we talk about what's going on here. We talked about a few weeks ago that Abraham's seed, uh, Paul clarified that, that he's talking about Abraham's seed is Jesus. But we who are in Christ are also considered the seed. That is, we are children of the promise, and we are co-heirs with Christ. We are co-heirs with Christ. And so we will read a little further and talk about that a little more. Now I say that as long as the heir is the child, he differs in no way from a slave. Though he is the owner of everything, instead he is under guardians and stewards until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elemental forces of the world. Now, a refresher, we talked about a couple weeks ago what the law was. That was a question that Paul addressed at the beginning of chapter, or in the middle of chapter 3. What is the purpose of the law? We talked about that it couldn't save us, and we're not bound to it anymore. We're free from it. But when it was in effect, its purpose was to keep the people of Israel in check, I guess so to speak would be a good way to describe it, until Jesus came. It was always pointing toward Jesus. It was always leading to something better. And we talked about that that word that was used in the Greek, uh, some translations would say schoolmaster, some would say guardian, different things it would say, because there's not a real good English word for it. But it was someone who would be in charge of making sure a kid got to and from school and keep them safe. And so here we have this same kind of language here. We, we're talking about uh, uh, children. We're talking about those who are the heir. In this case, we're talking about Christians. But this guardian was put into place until the heir became of age. Now, we're familiar with this kind of, with this kind of thing in our world today. Say, for instance, there was a, a family, and my wife can, 
tell me the legal terms later, she would know. But say you had children, and you wanted to make sure that if something happened to you, that they were going to get everything you had. Now, it may be that they were young, and something happened to you, but you put in there that they're not allowed to get it to a certain age in their life. Now, is that something that, that can be done? Something similar to that? So, so we kind of are aware of those things in our world today. And when the child is mature enough and ready, then they will get whatever is theirs. It's already theirs, but they can't touch it until that time comes. And in the meantime, they are under the care of a guardian. And that's what Paul is bringing us back to, that same language here. He's saying that we are heirs of the promise, but we had to wait until Jesus came. Instead, he is under guardians and stewards until the time set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were in slavery under the elemental forces of the world. Now, that's kind of an, an odd term for me. That's one that I, I kind of read, and I was like, hmm. And it even says something similar uh, a few verses later on. But I, I kind of read, and in the context, I think what Paul is talking about there, I think he's just talking about the law. Although I don't know why he didn't say the law. I'll be honest with you. He's been talking about the law the whole time. He could have just said law if he meant law. But he used that term elemental forces. Now I don't know if maybe there were some people who were tempted to, uh, to give in to something else other than the law. And they were given in to some other spiritual forces. I don't really know exactly what he was talking about there. But I believe in the context what Paul is saying. He's talking about the law. Saying look they were slaves to the law until the time came that the Father had set aside, God the Father, until Jesus was going to come and He was going to free them and free us from the law. When the time came to completion, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoptions as sons. Now that's very important. That's very important that Jesus was sent to a woman under the law so that he could fulfill everything that the law required. And that's kind of tough for some people. And even for some Christians who, who trust Jesus Christ and they know that Jesus died for them. And maybe some of you kind of have trouble connecting the dots. But you may say, I get that he died for me, but I don't really understand how that works. Like, I don't understand how, how Jesus died, like how that covers my sins. And there are some Christians that they believe that he did it, but maybe they can't quite connect the dots. But this verse kind of helps us to understand that a little better by saying, look, that Jesus was born under the law. The reason is that Jesus could fulfill what the law required. The law required perfection. We could never uh, fulfill that perfection. The law required that if the law was broken, then punishment had to be, uh, had to be given. There had to be justice that had to be served. And we agree with that. We want justice to be served. We've talked about this before. When somebody does something wrong, obviously justice needs to be served. When a child does something wrong, then the parent disciplines that child. You can't just let everything uh, go without ever getting on to those who do wrong. And so God is no different. And God had set a perfect law. He knew the law required perfection. And he knew that for those who did not live up to the law, that there was punishment that was going to be handed out, that justice was going to be served. And so Jesus steps in, and he's born into the law, and he lives out a perfect life, everything that the law requires. But then he takes the punishment that we deserve. A price had to be paid, and Jesus paid that price. And so Paul is making very sure to point out here, look, Jesus was born under the law so we could be freed from the law. 
Jesus wasn't born under the law so we could keep living under the law and have that burden. The reason that Jesus was born under the law is so he could fulfill everything that it required and that he could free the Galatians and us as well from that burden that is the law. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, well, that's a good verse because it talks about it talks about the Father, it talks about the Son, it talks about the Holy Spirit. It says that that we are sons. He says, and because you are sons, we are we are co heirs with Christ. We share in the victory because of what Jesus Christ did. We're all familiar with this idea. We sing about it all the time. Sing along if you know. I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I've been washed in the fountain, cleansed by his blood. Join heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. Far and part of the family, the family of God. So see, in that simple song, we sing that song all the time, and it kind of gets that point across, that we are joint heirs with Jesus as we travel this side. Jesus was the one and only Son of, of God, but yet the Bible says that we are sons of God. We talked about that Sunday. If you wasn't here, you can go back and listen to the sermon online. But, but ain't that cool that we get to be called sons and daughters of God? And it's all because of Jesus. It's not because of anything that we have ever done or ever will do except for putting our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, look, you are not a slave anymore. You were a slave for a while. You were under the law for a while. But guess what? That time has come that you are now a son or you are now a daughter of the Lord because of what Jesus Christ did. And because of what Jesus Christ did, it is the Holy Spirit that now lives in you. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son than an heir through God. Now that's a pretty good deal right there. That's a pretty good deal because here Jesus came and he lived a perfect life and he took the punishment that we deserve, that justice that had to be served. Jesus took that. Jesus took what we deserve so that we could get what only he deserves, to be with the Father. But because of what he did, we get that privilege, brothers and sisters in Christ, to know that one day we're going to be before the Father. To know that one day we're going to be with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because He has made us co-heirs. And so let us not fall back into slavery. Let us not, let us not get, get burdened down with those things that maybe the world or maybe our tradition puts on us. Things that the Bible doesn't require of us. But let us recognize our freedom in Jesus Christ. And let us recognize that we are free from those chains. And that time has come that we are sons and daughters of God. Let's pray. God, we come to you and thank you for, for your word tonight. And I thank you that we can be called your sons and daughters. Dear Lord, you could have you gave up on us. You could have said you were done with us from the get-go, dear Lord. But you didn't. You stuck with us. And I don't know why you did, God, but we thank you. And that, we, should, we should just bask in your grace all the more, knowing how, how great that it is that you still love us. And so I pray, God, that you would help us as, as your sons and your daughters to live a life of service to you, dear Lord, that we are, are freed from, from being a slave, dear Lord, that you don't, you don't make us serve you, God, 
you give us a choice. And dear Lord, we choose to serve you. And so we thank you for loving us enough to give us a choice, God. And I pray that you just would help us to continue in this church to serve you for many, many years to come, God, so that the gospel of Jesus Christ can be preached and that people's lives can be touched, dear Lord. Just give us a, a heart of love to be able to do your work in this world. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.